Hi, I'm Erin, a strategic money mastery coach on a mission to create a wealthy woman movement because I believe that wealthy women will change the world. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to gain financial freedom. Over the last decade, I have learned how to capitalize on my time and streamline my business to work smarter, not harder. This podcast will include money-related mindset and management tips and tricks so that you can do the same. I've brought multiple businesses to six and even seven figures, co-developed a real estate empire with my sweet hubby, Brett, and that has allowed us to pay off all debt, purchase our dream home, take vacations around the world, and spend more quality time together with our two daughters, Ava and Junie. I'm on a mission to help women entrepreneurs like you stop overworking so you can make more money without compromising or sacrificing the life of your dream. Abundance is yours for the taking. So grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's get into it. Hello, wealthy women. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I am excited to have Aubrey on the podcast today. Welcome, Aubrey. Thank you so much, Erin. I'm so excited to chat. Yes, we are going to get into a really fun conversation around creating passive income and talk through your three pillars of that and also why multiple streams are important. And I'm Mm -hmm. a big believer in this as well. So this is going to be a really fun conversation. But before we talk about that, will you just share a little bit about who you are personally and about your business? Yeah, I would love to. So like you said, my name is Aubrey Westland. My background is actually in wedding photography. And we were kind of just chatting. We have a very similar background. We worked with our husbands. Um, But now I work mainly as a business mentor and consultant for creative entrepreneurs. Um, I typically like to work with photographers and designers to help them sort of lighten their workload, transition away from, you know, being fully client work build multiple streams of income into their business, including passive income, all so they can build a life of more ease and creative freedom. So that's my mission and goal and what I like to help um, entrepreneurs do. And yeah, just like, I don't don't know if we'll talk much about our past in photography, but I know a lot of us um, struggled in 2020, just, you know, kind of relying solely on client work. And so, yeah, my goal is really to help people get out of that, you know, kind of danger zone where that's their sole stream of income that they rely on and get to a more comfortable place where their business provides a bit more security for them. I love that. I love that. And I, my husband and I are huge proponents of having multiple streams of income and we've created a lot of passive revenue for ourselves inside of real estate. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, with specifically how to do it inside of your creative business okay but before we jump into that like who are you outside of the woman who is helping everyone else make great passive money where do you live (laughs) I know you're a mom because we were talking about it before we started recording but thanks for asking yeah I'm a mom I have a three and a half year old very spirited daughter (laughs) um I live in Boise Idaho um I love just like being outdoors, gardening, um, 
gardening's like my passion that I don't monetize. <laughs> I feel like as entrepreneurs, there's always like this struggle, like to just have a hobby that you're not like thinking, how can you make money from? So that's kind of like my thing. I'm like, I'm not allowed to turn this into any sort of business. This is just for me. <laughs> that is so important. We always have that mindset. I could probably make money. I could sell this. I could probably do this. Like, stop it. I'm just doing it for fun. Oh, I love it. What's something fun that you grew this past year in your garden? Um, I actually accidentally grew a pumpkin patch. <laughs> so I didn't do it on purpose, but you know, last year we like had our pumpkins, threw them in the compost and the seeds from them grew pumpkins this year. Like I didn't even water them or anything. So it was amazing because we just like harvested our own pumpkins and cut, you know, cut pumpkins and bake the seeds and everything. And they were super easy to grow. Like I said, I hardly watered them or anything. Um, so I always thought they would be kind of tough to grow, but no, they weren't. <laughs> they did it themselves. That's hilarious. Yeah, I love that. that was fun. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about you. I just like, I know I, I can get so like, let's just talk about business. Let's get to it. But I'm like, people need to know who you are. I love it. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, I know we're going to talk about passive income, multiple income streams. And before we get into some specific questions around your expertise around that, can you share a little bit about your story and how you started to create this passive revenue inside of your business? And yeah, sure. just a little history there. Yeah, I'd love to. So I actually started out with an Etsy shop before I ever even got into wedding photography. Um, so my background is actually in graphic design. I started making wedding invitations on Etsy and that actually took off really quickly. Um, I was able to quit my job within like three months, I think of opening my shop on Etsy. You know, I just started by uploading my own wedding invitation. And I think it's like, it's those things that like you put so much energy and care into that, like they're bound to do like be successful because they're so unique, you know, and um, yeah, you put the energy into like creating something one of kind. So that actually kind of helped boost my shop. I randomly like got um, featured in British Vogue for my wedding invitation and like featured by Etsy. So like just really cool stuff started happening right off the bat. Um, and then later when I became a wedding photographer, we kind of decided to kind of taper off the Etsy shop. So what we did was we created, we made some of our invitations into digital downloads so that people could edit them themselves. And that like made our shop pretty much passive. Um, we, it was sort of like a different type of customer, but we still like made sales on the side and then moved on to wedding photography. And then a few years into wedding photography, you know, we always had that off season where there wasn't a lot to do other than like responding to emails and maybe freshening up the website. So around that time, I actually got invited by a stock agency called Offset to submit some of my work to their portfolio. And I didn't really think much of it at first. Like I didn't really know much about stock photography. Like most people don't, it's kind of a mysterious industry. Um, but once I made my first sale, 
I think it was uh, like around $150 that I made off my first sale. And it was a picture of my dog. And I was just like, what? I can make money off like pictures of random things like my dog. <laughs> like, that's so cool. So I started to really focus on that whenever I could. And, um, you know, I started by uploading all the work that I had. And then I even started to kind of think about like, stock photography as a business. So how could I, you know, plan shoots specifically for that? And that really kind of carried us through the pandemic when we lost all of our weddings. So that's when I started talking about it and teaching about it because, you know, I really felt like that saved us. And I wanted, I want more photographers to know that like they should be doing this. Like if you have the content um, and same with graphic designers and videographers, like all of that can be uploaded and used as stock content. And, you know, especially with like talk of a recession or being in a recession, like a lot of businesses that don't have the budgets to hire those creatives are turning to stock photography. So, you know, it's like now is actually a really good time to be getting into it. Um, so yeah, and then from there, like I built my course about stock photography, which is now, you know, another stream of passive income. So yeah, I don't know if you have follow-up questions about any of that. Yeah, how much of your business right now would you say like percentage comes from passive, your passive revenue streams? Right now it's honestly like probably 80%. I do have to market my course, um, but luckily that's something I love to do. So it doesn't feel like too much of a chore. Um, but also, you know, like it's great because I can, I kind of get to spend my time and energy building the next passive income stream. So, you know, it's like, I, I get to like create something that I'm super passionate about in the moment and put it out there and then I can kind of move on creatively and like what's my next project going to be is it going to be another you know stock photography session that like what would be really fun for me to photograph or do I want to create another program or another course or you know some sort of resource so if you're like me where you're kind of like a multi-passionate creative person this is perfect for you because I tend to get a little bit bored doing the same thing over and over again. So that's what I love about this is just like the freedom that it can bring into your life. Yeah. You've talked about the freedom that it's brought you. You've talked about how, you know, it helped you get through 2020 and mm -hmm. how you want to help other photographers not have to just rely on their client work. You've talked about the idea of a recession and that might maybe coming. So all of these things is why I believe it's like you're saying, it's so important for us to be thinking about multiple streams of income, creating passive revenue. Do you have other things or stories that you've seen that like you just want to sort of elevate to say, this is why it's so important that you really lean into creating passive and multiple streams? Yeah, I mean, there, I've had other, you know, sort of like personal crises in my life. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be like your own cheerleader, you have to get up and do the work and like, you don't have a boss watching over you. And there have just been times, you know, where like, I've struggled with depression, or, you know, after I had my daughter, like, 
postpartum anxiety and just like figuring out how to be a new mom or like I just didn't have the time you know like to be hustling and those are the times where you can kind of like just coast a little bit um even like this fall my daughter has been sick like four times already like it's crazy just like I drop her off at preschool one week and then the next week she's sick and I have to keep her home and like that is just, it's so hard to be self-employed or even be a working mom and like have to deal with that. So I'm just like so thankful and grateful that I have some passive income streams to where like, if I can't get up and like do the work, like I'm still, you know, like last week I still made a sale on my course and that pretty much paid for, you know, groceries the whole month and that sort of thing. Like, it's just such a relief when that happens and you know, I'm just in the season of like, I don't have the ability to really hustle and work as much as I would like to be. So yeah, I mean, those, those kind of things happen to me all the time. And I'm just always so grateful. <laughs> yes. Well, I know that many people like are listening to this conversation and are like, I want that for myself. Like I want to, I, I attract, like I said, a lot of creative service-based entrepreneurs, coaches, wedding mm -hmm. industry professionals, photographers. And this idea is like very um, intriguing to them. And um, as I preach wanting to help people become wealthy, we need to work on multiple streams and um, increasing our salary, increasing what we pay ourselves. So I would love to get into your framework, into the three pillars that you teach around creating passive income. So can we jump into that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So these are my three pillars of passive income, and these are pretty much designed for creative. So whether you are a photographer, videographer, um, illustrator, designer, anyone that's like creating um, some sort of content, but also like, you know, some of like a couple of these pillars could work for, you know, other entrepreneurs as well. So, you know, just kind of like pick and choose what you feel like fits for you. Um, but my first pillar and the one that I feel is the most passive is licensing your content. So your, your photography, your videos, your illustrations as stock content. Um, this is my most passive income stream and I love it so much. <laughs> I work with multiple agencies now um, and it literally can just like one photo can pay for years and years and years. Like I did a session like five years ago and I still sell photos from that session like every single week. So they say like the average stock photo has a lifespan of about 10 years. Um, okay, so I'm like just going to be a skeptic listener right now and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I go, go for it. <laughs> no, I go take pictures and then like people pay me money, right? So how does mm -hmm. this actually work? Like high level, you take pictures, you upload them to some sort of website. How do people actually see it? Are they paying you like five cents per image? Like how does this like kind of work? Yes, great question. Okay, so you need an agency to get started. And there are pretty much three types of agencies. There are the microstock agencies. Those are probably the ones you're most familiar with, like Shutterstock and Adobe Stock, where you could you know, only be making a few cents per image. 
The goal of the microstock agencies are to sell a large number of images at a low price point. Um, and actually, it's it's interesting because one of my microstock agencies, Adobe, is quickly becoming one of my more profitable agencies because I sell so many images. And even though you know it's like between a dollar and ten dollars per sale. I'm making so many sales, like I'm getting emails every day. You sold another photo, you sold another photo. Um, so don't, you know, just write those off just because, you know, they pay less money. They can, they get tons of traffic and a lot of customers. Um, but then you have the premium agencies. So that would be like my first agency offset. Um, Getty, I think would be considered a premium agency. And Stock C, if you've ever heard of Stock C, that's also probably considered a premium agency. These are typically you have to apply and get accepted for your work to, to be able to submit with these agencies. Um, the photos, the licenses for these photos are more expensive. So, you know, it's, it's kind of nice for some companies you know, who can afford it to spend a little more on a photo and know that not everyone and their mom can like be purchasing the same photo to use for their advertising materials. So, you know, for some businesses, that's actually why they turn to these agencies because they're more, you know, selective um, and higher quality. And sometimes, you know, like they focus on more cutting edge trends. Like that would be Stocksy. If you want, you know, something that's like a photo trend at the moment, you would go there and, and buy stock photos from there. Um, so that's the premium agencies. The other thing about premium agencies is sometimes they want you to sign an exclusive contract saying that if you submit a photo to their agency, you won't submit it to another agency as well. And with most of the microstock agencies, the first type I mentioned, you can submit to all of those agencies at the same time. And then they, there's sort of like a hybrid option, which I call like the multi-uploader agencies. So that would be Cabin and Wirestock, where you can submit a photo once and they send it out to multiple agencies for you. And they take a little cut of your commission from your sales but they are also taking a lot of work off your plate. So it's kind of a really nice thing about those agencies is that um, you're just doing the work once and getting you know, the ability to sell more. So those are the three types of agencies that you can look into. And I also created a resource. It's called My Little Black Book of Stock Photo Agencies. And I pretty much spent I spent months researching all of these agencies so that people could kind of see the pros and cons and how they differ and what your commission would be for each and who each agency would be best for, you know, whether you're a photographer or an illustrator, you know, which one's going to be best for you. So if you're curious where to start, that would be the best place to start is just to download that free guide and from there choose the agency that appeals to you the most. I love it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Sure to link that. Okay. So pillar one, we, do we cover that one? What do you say? I think so. I mean, we could talk for hours about how to sell stock photography, but <laughs> we'll keep that's, it. Yeah. that's a really good place to start is getting Perfect. an agency and uploading everything you can from there. Okay, cool. All right. What's pillar two? 
So pillar two would be monetizing your tools. So think of these as your resources. What do you have? What have you created that might make someone else's job easier? So some examples might be like a done for you template. So like Instagram captions or um, Canva templates, any sort of graphics that people could use, even, you know, text based products like email templates, um, wedding day, shoot checklists, pricing guides, Photoshop brushes, textures, presets, all of these things could be monetized, right? Um, and these things could also be pretty passive for you if you use, you know, Etsy or creative market to sell them. And then maybe also combine that with like a Pinterest strategy then you pretty much just do the work up front and it's going to sell for you and you won't have to, you know, be, you can also put these on like your own website, but there are other ways to like make your website, you know, deliver them passive, passively to your customers. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, hearing like, okay, you could put these on creative market or Etsy that helps you. Cause then yeah. you're thinking, okay, cool. I make this, this tech Canva thing. Then I have to figure out how to market the heck out of it to my audience. Like, okay, actually you can upload it to a platform that does that for you and Mm -hmm. makes it much more easy for you to, to receive the money. And I, I am a big fan of these platforms, even though they do take a cut of your profit because they are bringing so much traffic to their own site. Like and it's free for you, right? Like you're not doing any of that marketing. Like they're just automatically sending people to your shop. Um, and it's the same with like the stock agencies. Like they're the ones getting the traffic to go to their website. So you really don't have to even think twice about it. Um, but like I said, you can kind of combine it with some Pinterest strategy or even blogging if you really want to get into, you know, like I've seen people who sell um Basically, they sell spreadsheets and they make TikTok videos about them and they do incredibly well. Like they make millions of dollars from these spreadsheets. So I should probably figure that out since I have some pretty kick-ass spreadsheets. I need to figure out how to sell those. Yeah, there you go. Google (laughs) Sheets. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And what is pillar three? So pillar three is monetizing your knowledge. So this is probably the least passive of the three because, you know, like I said, with my course, I have to focus on the marketing portion of it. Um, But, you know, you can create a course from like anything that you've figured out or like any results that you've been able to get for yourself. Um, You know, you start with doing some market research, ask around, like, is this something, you know, you would like to learn? You kind of need to like validate your idea before you create it so that you're not, you know, creating a course that nobody wants or um, yeah, that's already been created a million times and like kind of tricky to sell. Like for me, when I made my course on stock photography, there's really not many people out there talking about stock photography and there's a lot of people that want to learn about it. So um, I actually spent about a year just like validating this, asking people, you know, what they want to know about it. What would you like to learn? What questions do you have? Um, I worked with people one-on-one and then I 
took all that information, all that like research that I had done and created my course from there. And I was able to like feel really confident about it because I had, you know, spent the time to do that research and, you know, like it sold just like I knew it would, because I knew there was like a market for that, um, for that product. So there are other things you could do, you know, you could create workbooks, you could create videos, you could, you know, make like an audio course, like a podcast course, you could do something that's live or pre-recorded. I even have like a recording of a workshop that I've done and I sell that on my website. Like it's just a pre-recorded workshop and, you know, it's, it's very, it's a low ticket item, but it gives people like a taste of stock photography and, you know, it's a very quick, like one hour workshop. So there are, there are so many things you could do, you know, where it doesn't have to be like a full out course, um, you know, PDF workbook could be just as great for people. I love it. This is so fun to like, think about <laughs> all the three different ways, like sort of categories that as a creative, you can work to bring in passive revenue that is outside of your client work. And as we're talking about this, I'm kind of like, what was the mindset shift for you when you went from, I have to grind, I have to do client work to, I can make money easily. I can create passive revenue. Like what were some things that happened in your headspace that helped you like hone in on this? Mm. I think just realizing like I had these goals, like these money goals, and I, you know, consistently went through seasons of burnout and I knew like, you know, I can't, yes, I can raise my prices, but I, there's only like so much time that I have. There's only so much I can do, you know, do, having a service-based business. Like I just knew that I needed to expand and like offer products that didn't really take more of my time. Um, and, you know, just seeing that it was possible, like that really motivated me. And then also like having my goals in mind, like in the beginning, I wanted, I, I needed to make extra money to pay off my student loans. So I think like it does really help to have a goal in mind because it's not a quick and easy thing to create passive income and it can feel really slow in the beginning. So, you know, just like keeping your eye on the prize and knowing why you're doing it is really going to help you succeed. I think. Yeah. I always say piles of green cash are not very inspiring. And so when you have yeah. a monetary goal where you're like, I'm going to pay off this debt and you know, it's $21,562, right. you mm -hmm. are going to do certain things like be willing to, I'm going <laughs> to take pictures and sell, you know, you're going to do different yeah. things. And how now that you're in the success of, you know, creating passive revenue, what has that like shifted for you around money? Like that it can be easy, that you can create wealth in a passive way. Like what has shifted mm -hmm. for you there that you've kind of lived into? Yeah. I mean, like once I saw that it was possible, like for example, in 2020, when I like lost all my clients, but and it was hard. Like, I'm not saying that we were still like super comfortable, but the fact that like stock photography kind of allowed us to like move through that time without like totally destroying us or, <laughs> you know, like our finances. Um, I don't know. That was just like kind of a turning point for me and really motivated me. And, you know, I just thought like, 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm not quite as excited about shooting weddings as I was before. And I have a daughter now, like I want to be able to stay home with her on the weekends when she's in school. I don't want to be shooting weddings every weekend. Um, and just like the, that little bit of hope that like it is possible. I could like completely replace my income and live a comfortable life. Um, and then like, just like by validating certain things that I wanted to do, like with the stock photography, um, you know, it's not like I'm crazy passionate about stock photography, but the fact that people want to learn about it and that I could like give them the same freedom that I've, you know, earned for myself, like that's what really excites me. And, you know, that's what like keeps me, you know, creating these new products and resources for people. Um, and yeah, like, I just love that my job gets to be what I want it to be now. And like, it gets to be so fun. And I don't have to say yes to everything. Like I really get to pick and choose what I want to do and like, give my best with everything that I'm doing now. I love that. And I, yeah. I think that what I hear is like, you're able to like really stay in alignment because you don't mm -hmm. have to say yes to pay, yeah. for the birth, you know, that's exactly it. Yeah. I feel like everything I do is in alignment. Um, okay. So I know, I think I heard that you like strategize, like, oh, this product is going to pay for Christmas gifts this year. Yes. Or, like, <laughs> how do you do that now with like creating goals around your passive revenue streams? And like, what does that look like in your financial world? Yeah, honestly, like having debt was really motivating for me. <laughs> like that motivated me more than anything, but now I will kind of, you know, so for example, my Adobe stock portfolio, like that goes towards the holidays, like Christmas. Um, so, you know, I don't really, I just kind of let it build throughout the year. And actually like now it's kind of built to covering more than just the holidays for me. But in the beginning, it was just nice because I always knew like, I don't have to stress out about, you know, spending money this season because it's just, I'm not looking at it, but I know that like, it's just like a little savings account for me over there, you know? Um, and in the beginning, like when I did have my student loan debt, like I would just focus on paying off one at a time. And, you know, every, every time I got a payment from one of my agencies, I just put it straight towards that. So it wasn't like income that I counted on either, you know, like in the beginning, it was just side income and it wasn't like, you know, if I didn't make it this month, oh no, like that's going to be terrible. Like it didn't really matter either way, but I was able to quickly pay off those loans within a few years, which was amazing. Yes. You know, without well, even I, having to like cut things out of my life. Yeah. And this is the magic that I preach all the time with entrepreneurs when we're looking at our financial goals is yes, we can work to like cut and save and we should do so responsibly. But the magic is more that we have the opportunity to go into the market and make right. more money and make more money happen. And I just want to say like, thank you for being an example and for sharing your story and strategies of how money can be easy and how we can like bring it into our world with such alignment and flow. And I know that people are listening and like, I want that. I, I don't, yeah. And I know you've given us some really good. So if somebody is leaning in, like, I know I want to make passive revenue and this is like really speaking to me, what would you say is a 
first step that they can take to create, to create that flow into their life? Yeah. I think just choosing one thing that feels right for you and focus on that for at least a year. I think, you know, one of the, one of the mistakes people make is just giving up too soon. And like I said, this can take time. Like it's not a get rich quick sort of thing. Like it's not an overnight thing. Um, but you just have to remember that like the time you're putting in now is going to pay off for years and years, you know? So it's like, it's not like just because you're not getting paid right now for your hours you're putting in, like it's going to pay tenfold, but it's just going to take some time. So, you know, if you can like set some goals, like whether it's, you know, what you want to do when you do earn the money or, you know, how, big, do you want to build this thing? Like for me, when I started with stock photography, I had the goal of building my portfolio to a thousand images. And, you know, it is a lot. And that's just what I continue to tell my students because I'll see them, you know, start to get frustrated around like the 300 image mark. They're not making sales yet, but I just keep telling them like, just keep focusing on building that because once you hit that, you know, around that 1000 image mark in your portfolio, that's when the sales are going to start becoming more consistent. Um, so just know that, you know, getting into it, that it's going to take time and it's really helpful to like have some of those goals set up so that you don't end up giving up too soon. Ooh, I love that. So have specific goals that you're working towards and don't give up too quick. Decide on something and stick with it for a year. And I think as entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. we are full of lots of ideas and you're right. We quit way too early. I know that's- Or we want to move on to the next thing, right? The yes. next passive income stream. Yes, and you don't give it a full shot. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. This has been such a fun yeah. conversation. <laughs> thank you yeah. for opening us up to this possibility of money. It's all around us and there's amazing ways to find aligned ways to bring in money and, and passive. And you gave us, you broke down those three pillars and have us be able to really like conceptualize what way could we do that? And this is so needed, mm -hmm. I think for us. And I love that it's kind of like anti-grind, anti-hustle kind of vibes, because I think sometimes mm -hmm. we have to swing that pendulum for ourselves. So thank you, Aubrey. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're going to get into our rapid fire questions. But before we do that, can you let people know where they can find you? I know you mentioned the little black book, I think that you're going to mm -hmm. get. So just let's make sure and we'll include this in the show notes so that people can connect with you. Yeah, so I'm pretty much Aubrey Westland on every platform. My website is aubreywestland.com and I have a lot of um, free resources on there and my blog and we talked about the little black book, uh, but I have other resources as well. And then you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok as Aubrey Westland. Um, so yeah, that's probably the easiest way to find me. Perfect. Yes. Go follow Aubrey. Just being in her energy of like <laughs> possible money is available yeah. to us all is huge. So we will mm -hmm. make sure to link that in the show notes and let's get into our rapid fire questions. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like... Okay. What's your earliest memory of money and how has it impacted you? 
Uh, I remember getting this American Girl book about becoming an entrepreneur and it like had all these ideas in it, like ways you could make money. And I like absolutely loved that. And so I can think of like so many things I did growing up to like make money, like making those like, do you remember like those beaded geckos that like yes. those oh, yes. chains? Yeah. I made a oh, killing yeah. like selling those at schools. <laughs> and I also got to like watch my parents become entrepreneurs. So I think I learned a lot from them as well and like just seeing the possibilities. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> What's a money moment that you are most proud of? So I made the mistake of like putting money in my Roth IRA, which is like an investment account for retirement and not doing anything with it. Like, like I didn't know that you actually had to like invest it in something. And I felt just like so disempowered when I realized that I had just like had money sitting in my retirement accounts, like not earning interest or anything. And so I actually like, I taught myself, like I read books, I learned everything I could about investing. And I actually like even learned like some swing trading and did that for a while. Like I just felt like so empowered once I just like, you know, dove right in and like figured out like, okay, this is like how I can like plan for retirement. Like I didn't have to hire you know, go like hand my money over to a financial advisor. I like figured out how to do that for myself. And I know like as women, like we're not often the ones to take control of our money. Like many of us probably grew up like watching our fathers balance the checkbooks and do all that. Um, And I was like pretty proud of myself that I was able to like take that power back for myself. And yeah, I encourage like any women out there that just feel like so disempowered, like there are so many great resources out there and like so many wonderful women out there to help you. Like I'm proud of myself and you can like, you can do it too. So I think that's Uh, the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) I love it. You're such a powerhouse. You're like preaching my message. Yes, you can be empowered. I love that. Yeah. If I were to give you $100,000 right now, what would you do with it? Right now, I would invest in more childcare. (laughs) I'd probably hire another person to help me with my business. And then I would invest in more index funds in my retirement account. I love it. You got a plan. <laughs> Which is also like, that's not, I can't like teach about that, but the stock market is also another great passive income stream. Love it. What's the hardest lesson you've had around money? I was one of those people who like went to a very expensive private college and just signed, you know, signed up for the student loans without really realizing how that would affect my future. And that's something like, that's been really hard for me, because I kind of feel like I missed out on other opportunities, like buying a house, you know, because I had so much student debt. And um, I worked really hard to pay that off. I'm 34 now and it is paid off, but it was kind of like a hard road to like, it took me a long time and like, yeah, it's like, I don't really mess around with loans like that anymore, but I, 
I don't think they're like awful. Like there are great reasons to get loans and like they can actually help you build wealth. But yeah, just the fact that I was so young and didn't really understand what I was doing and, you know, went to an expensive school when I could have, you know, gone to a much less expensive school. Like that's kind of a regret for me when it comes to my money. It's but we make other, the best of it, right? Right. <laughs> it's a, probably a whole nother topic on how we need to be way more educated and educating our kids around money. But yes, yeah. definitely. Okay. Last question. If you're being real bougie, what do you splurge on? The first thing I thought of was like skincare products. <laughs> like Some beautiful I love just like, yeah, I have just like this whole basket of skincare and then like massages anytime I want to treat myself. I go for a massage. I love that. <laughs> Aubrey, thank you so much yeah. for this conversation. Thank you so much. It's been so fun. You're like a you're like a powerhouse and <laughs> people getting to listen and be embody your energy in this episode is going to be so powerful. So thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you could access all the latest episodes. And while you're at it, would you take a few minutes to leave a review? This will help spread the word and spread the Wealthy Woman movement. Interested in joining the Wealthy Woman movement? Head to www.ambridgeman.com backslash insta to join my email list and get Wealthy Woman emails and text messages. No spamming. Just more free value you don't want to miss. Can't wait to get connected and hear from you. Cheers for now.